Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon and welcome to our sermon discussion. I am Michelle Lichty and I am here with David Henderson. Greetings all. And we are here to discuss your sermon, David, from this past Sunday. Um, Listen up. It is covering Love Jesus, part two, studying scripture um, based on 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, as well as Psalm 1. Um, those were kind of your basis texts, which we got to eventually. Yes. <laughs> and there were some others that were included in there as well. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. I thought I had that written down in my notes. And then I thought about halfway through the sermon, I thought, are we going to get to those scriptures? <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of other scriptures right. in this sermon, but are yeah. we going to get to the ones that were included? Yeah, um, that's fine. And actually, Michelle, it, it's it, we, you and I were just talking right before we came online. And one of the things that I was saying was that part of the purpose of the message was kind of to intended to widen out our thinking about why the scriptures are, are so important in the life of a believer. And, and that's kind of exactly the process that that's why the, those particularly this, the Timothy passage came so late is it's like, well, yeah, but this comes before that. And then, well, yeah, but this comes before that. So it, it's like, yeah. yeah, this is really important, but there are these other pieces that need to be put in place first in order for us to have a, a faithful view, I think of, of the role of scripture in the life of a believer. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, and I think you're right um, that we tend to see the Bible as uh, a book of knowledge or a book of rules, information to master, I think is one of the phrases you used or a book of rules to follow. Um, and that's, and while both are true, it misses the point. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, um, yeah, you know, it, Boy, there's so much here that could be said, and obviously, I tried to <laughs> I, try, I tried to say it on on Sunday, but um, the I become a follower of Jesus. I start reading the Bible. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Um, and why? Um, and with what frame of reference? And I think that's the thing I was really trying to get at. I think mm-hmm. I realized when I first became a follower of Christ, I read the Bible. Uh, a lot from a perspective of it's stuff I should know and it's rules I should follow. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us fall into that. And, and now having followed Christ for more than 40 years, it's like, yeah, that's absolutely true. There's both of those are absolutely true, but the larger frame of reference is one that says the world holds before us one version of reality. The Bible holds up in front of us a completely different one. Mm-hmm. And if I can be immersed in this one, it helps me make sense of this one and not be discipled by this one, but this one instead. And, and then I encounter this, this beautiful, amazing personal God who wants to be known. The, mm-hmm. whole, the whole of Christianity is not about dealing with my sin. It's about bringing me into relationship with God. 
And my sin is in the way of that. My sin is, is, has to be addressed, but, but sin is not the heart of Christianity. Relationship with God is, and that's that whole intimacy side. How do we make sure with that's in place? Mm -hmm. And then we can come to, okay, now here's how we understand the nature of God's authority and how that plays out in a believer's life. Yeah. So that was the kind of stepping back, stepping back and um, taking in the wider, the wider view. Right. And it, um, it, it changes our perspective. I think, uh, when we recognize, um, those three things that are true about scripture, that it gives us a sense of reality, um, of, of real reality, (laughs) you know, beyond our five senses, it gives us, um, a sense of intimacy with, with God. And then we understand his authority. Um, it, it helps us to see the Bible as a gift and not as just a, a burden. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I love uh, Alan Bartelt was just helping me on a, a project. I just asked for a hand on on something I was doing for um, Molly and Dylan. And he graciously uh, shared some of his time to do that. And we were talking about how um, uh, what a delight it is to see a tool being so perfect, perfectly developed for a specific need. And then to watch mm. that tool be used properly. And, and I think... Um, when we recognize the Bible is a tool that God gave us to bring us into reality and to bring us into relationship. And then in the context of that, to, um, to be the one who has the last word in every dimension of our lives in a, mm-hmm. in a way that is transformative. Um, then it becomes a, not this legalistic thing, not this self source of self-righteousness, not mm-hmm. a weapon that I use in conversations with others, not a textbook uh, that I memorize, not, uh, and, and find pride in knowing a lot about. Uh, mm. it's, it, it becomes the tool in God's hands that he means it to be when those things are properly in place. Mm. That, yeah. that perspective of why he, why he gave it to us. Right, right. And you know, as I think about Second Timothy three sixteen, I, I'm just reminded of that's one of the verse verses I've memorized in high school. All mm-hmm. scripture is God breathed and useful in, you know, and then going through the whole list of, of, of the ways that scripture can transform us. You know, correction and training in righteousness, and and I, of course, it's been a minute. teaching, reproof, correction, training, righteousness. Thank yes. You. Yes, right. Thank you. As I also um, memorized it shortly yes. after I became a Christian. Yep. <laughs> um, all of which are important. Um, yes. And and I think one of the benefits of reading scripture, uh, you know, as you come, you know, as a new believer, is getting to know God, getting to understand reality from His perspective, um, and I think. My daughter and I were just talking about this today. One of the things that um, that you and I even had a conversation about um, is one of the 
default um, stances, I think, of evangelicalism, Protestantism, is the individual relationship with God, which is important. And the thing that we tend to miss is the importance of community. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about that in scripture, um, yes, we individually need to be reading scripture. And as a new believer, as somebody who's never read the Bible before, it's super helpful to read that in community, Um, whether it's with one other person or whether it's with a small group of people or in a Bible study, um, because it just brings perspective and it helps to understand that all scripture is connected Mm -hmm. in ways that we don't understand when we're a new believer. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, boy, there's no question about that. And it is, I'm, I am repeatedly reminded of the fact that contrary to the way that evangelicalism has tended to approach scripture as my own individual guidebook, at least for the last 70 years or so, that's how evangelicalism has approached it. This is my handbook for living the Christian life, mm-hmm. uh, that the vast majority of verbs in the New Testament are plural rather than singular. The vast majority, it's the rare exception that is that you specifically as an individual should do this. And it's mm-hmm. almost always you collectively should do this. Um, and so for us to read it in the context of community is, wow, is so crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, to think of the fruit of the spirit as being something God is not just forming in me, but forming in and among us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, to, mm-hmm. to read Colossians 3, that absolutely stunning uh, description of the uh, therefore as God's uh, chosen people holy and dearly love put on a heart of compassion kindness humility gentleness patience and you know the bearing with one another forgiving each other and let love be the thing that binds all of that together you know all of that is a corporate expression of, yeah so I, I think that's we gain so much when we read scripture together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. I would um, I mean, to, to take, and I don't want to hop out of what you're saying, so we can maybe go mm-hmm. back to this at another point, but I did just have a conversation recently with a woman in our church who described a relationship uh, that she has had for years with another woman. And, and she described this other woman um, who is a family member as somebody who has gone to BSF for 20 years and has been actively involved in the life of her church but whose life is defined by um, a self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Um, everything has to do with her. It's all about her. It's all for her. Um, and and it, it kind of takes us back to where we began, that if we only see scripture as a source of information rather than a means of transformation, again, what is, mm. what is the tool? Is this like an encyclopedia of spiritual stuff that we should know? Or right. is it a is it a um, a little miniature um, uh, furnace that you can put glass in and it melts so that you can mold it and add color to it and shape it and form it in in the way you want to? That's a much more accurate picture than just an encyclopedia of mm-hmm. religious mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it becomes so important, as you said, it is a means of transformation that. Right. Uh, we we give fitting 
um, expression to the authority of God through scripture when our life bears the marks of transformation, not mm-hmm. just when we know stuff. Right. I love that line in first right. Corinthians chapter eight, verse one, uh, knowledge makes us feel self-important, but it's love that is the thing that actually uh, helps to build up and strengthen the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just want to, to clarify um, BSF, <laughs> BSF is Bible study fellowship. And that's a um, standalone Bible study, community Bible study that anyone from any denomination is welcome to join. Um, I happen to be a part of it and it's starting up this fall. Um, and it's a great, we're studying the old Testament. So it's going to be a great study this year. Uh, but yes, without, uh, you know, without understanding that it's that reading the Bible and, um, and doing Bible study is heart work and not homework or head work yeah. or head work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, um, we can right. go I, through all the motions and nothing changes. We can have all the knowledge. It just reminds me of first Corinthians 13, right? Like, yes. you know, exactly. I, can, I can know everything, but without love, I am nothing basically. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and thank you. I mean, I just, that helps me clarify that was not in any way a reflection on Bible study fellowship. That could be our own right. women's Bible study, men's Bible study, my own personal Bible study, um, that yeah, that wasn't about Bible study fellowship. That was about a way we can misuse the tool that God has given right. us scripture. Exactly. Um, so the reason we want to immerse ourselves in scripture is that we are given the blessing of being able to see reality as it really is, where we are constantly wooed by God, reached out to by him every time we open mm-hmm. his pages as he draws us closer. And then he declares it all over again, his authority over our lives and his invitation that our lives would become more and more like the life of Jesus under his rule and sweat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Corey and I were just in um, a bookstore recently and saw that um, one of my favorite images that is a woodcut from about the 1500s, uh, just as science was uh, be- beginning to be developed. Mm-hmm. And it's of this sphere and a man is on his hands and knees and the sphere is kind of the vault of the heavens with all the stars in the heavens. And he's kneeling on the, the surface of the earth, but sticking his head out through the, the, this outer vault of the heavens and looking into the, um, the wonder of the whirling spheres, the, mm. the, the sun and the moon and the stars in the universe beyond what he's able to see. It's this kind of, it's this kind of peeking into this other realm. Every time I open the scriptures, I'm getting down on my hands and knees and I'm poking my head through the vault of the physical world and going, oh, that's right. This is what's true. This is what's real. This is the world I actually occupy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it, it trans- if when we allow it to transform our hearts, it also transforms our mind. Mm-hmm. And we recognize that the assumptions we make about this world are a lot of the times false. Yep. Um, you know, because because a lot of the times we think of um, somebody else's gain is my loss. It's a zero sum game. If you win, I lose. It's automatic. 
when the reality is that is not the, that is not the way God sees the world. Yeah, Michelle, that is so right. Um, you know, we've been I've been uh, I've just read and been profoundly impacted by this book, The Patient Ferment of the Early Church, by Alan Kreider, um, and uh, and I'm bringing the session and the staff into kind of reading that together, or at least walking through some of its content together. And uh, part of what is so striking to me in that, Michelle, is exactly what you just said. If this life is all there is, if this physical existence is all there is, if there is nobody for whom I exist, then my life becomes about me and it's about what I get and what I control and what I acquire and, and all mm -hmm. of that now. And mm -hmm. the Kreider talks about this absolutely stunning open-handed generosity that characterized the early church a stunning willingness to be in the midst of injustice and to not take up a sword and fight in their own defense. This uh, stunning gentleness and humility in the face of a Greco-Roman world that was all about pride and strength and, and power. And, uh, and he, all of that is utterly nonsensical. It's lunacy unless there mm. is a deeper reality, unless there is this eternal um, realm that we are already citizens of that has an inverted value system and that ultimately will reward that kind of upside downness. Mm -hmm. And only then can we carry that back into our life now. And then that becomes part of the source of our transformation. It's like, yeah, I see the world says everything is this way. No, God says everything is this way. And I get to live consistent with that reality. So mm -hmm. yeah, the, the way that it shapes our head and our perspective, our heart, and the things that value that matter to us, our hands and our feet, and the way we actually live our lives. The, I mean, that's where I just am in awe of how God uses scripture mm -hmm. in our lives as believers. Mm -hmm. It makes me only want more and more and more. Hmm. Yeah. I just, I, I want to address one more thing that uh, my daughter brought up this morning mm -hmm. <laughs> um, as a result of your sermon. You, you know, common um, advice, common advice would be, you know, if you've never opened the Bible before, don't start at the beginning, start at the, at the New Testament, mm -hmm. um, which, which does make sense for a lot of people. Uh, my daughter said, but so, but may, I know of many people who have opened the book, the Bible at Genesis and read all the way through mm -hmm. and 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 it and they um they learned a lot and it was and it was a wonderful experience for them so i just want to say really it's god's word and wherever you feel led to start begin there and and i in love have a different opinion it's all <laughs> god's word he can meet us absolutely wherever we start as your beautiful daughter has said, as you've just said, yes, he, God speaks by his spirit where, wherever we begin in scripture. Um, but I think the, the, um, the reason that I was really strongly advocating for starting in the New Testament, partly from my own experience of stalling out after page 1.5 in the Old Testament as a kid, <laughs> uh, but, um, but, and I probably read a little further than that, but, um, but, um, yeah, one of the things that one of the ways I've described the Bible is it's like a three act play. Mm -hmm. And the first act is a really, really long act. And the main character of the story never comes on the stage. He's talked about a lot. His arrival is anticipated. 
Everybody's looking around the corner, wondering if he's coming, when he's coming, uh, but he doesn't arrive until the second act. And, um, and that can be disorienting for people. I think if mm-hmm. you don't have a Jewish background or a religious background or a church background, starting at the Old Testament, um, with all of these things that God put in place and then took back out of place, like the sacrificial system and the mm-hmm. temple and all of that, um, I think that can be disorienting for people who don't have uh, necessarily a kind of a religious background or that kind of orientation, previous orientation to the to the way that the scriptures work. So to, for us to meet Jesus on page one uh, of our reading and then go back and say, what are all the incredible ways that God set the stage for him? Um, mm-hmm. I think is, is it's, it's a, um, you are paddling with the current that way rather than paddling against the current. You still, mm-hmm. canoeing's great either way, uh, but it's harder work if you, uh, start by paddling upstream. And I think that's a little bit of maybe a typical unchurched person's experience uh, picking up the Bible for the Mm. first time. Yeah. I mean, and I think really anyone who has no experience in Christianity, no background in the Bible, really, it's just confusing. Yeah. And the reality is, the reality is the Bible um, is nonsense to those whose eyes are not and heart are not opened by the Holy Spirit. And so if it's feeling like it's nonsense to you, then ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand it. And he will. It will, it will take time and effort and energy because nothing good in this world is easy. But he will help you understand it and getting into a community, whether it's Bible study at, at church, whatever church you're in or or at covenant or Bible study fellowship, um, being in community as you're reading can also help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that actually, that leads to the recommendation that I made the book that I mentioned during Mm -hmm. the sermon is Mm -hmm. this, uh, university press Bible background commentary by Craig Keener. And, uh, the thing that I love about this, it's just oriented by, you know, just kind of section by section, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you just, so mm-hmm. if I'm reading the, the next section, I turn to chapter six and I read it and then I can read this background. The thing that's so helpful about it is, uh, and this is also part of why I think it's so helpful to start in the New Testament, is that there's, there's such profound uh, cultural distance between mm-hmm. us and just the world where this all took place. It is 6,000 miles away from here, and mm-hmm. it, uh, there are, it's, it's a different time in history, and, and there are different political forces. There's an empire and, a, and all of that. There, um, there are different languages, different sorts of names that you encounter, different uh, re- uh, approaches to religion, to power, to politics, to economics. Um, and, uh, and so to diffuse that, to, to help bring you into the world, um, so picking up the Bible doesn't feel every time like reading the first page of a novel and you're going, wait, who's this? Where am I? What time, what, when is this happening? Um, this, this is so helpful as a way of just providing some simple orientation to mm-hmm. where am I? When am I? Who's involved mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. What, what do these things mean culturally when this happens? Mm-hmm. What is this? You know, um, so I, I think that's an incredibly helpful resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, I just want to reference Psalm 1 as we wrap things up. Great. Because it's just such a beautiful psalm. And of course, I don't have it memorized. I just know it. Um, But the imagery of the tree being planted by a stream of water with the roots going down and it is able to flourish, whether it's in flood or normal season or in drought, has always, always spoken to me um, as a great reason to be reading the Bible daily, to be in a Bible study with other people, to be in the church on Sunday morning. And Michelle, I think, I mean, you love literature. Uh, I know you've mm-hmm. recommended several books that I've really appreciated. Um, I, I think our culture, when it relates to things like movies, books, TV shows, that kind of thing, um, we, um, we're waiting for the wow. Uh, mm-hmm. We, we uh, oh man, that was a compelling uh, series one, episode two. I've got to watch episode three. You know, it's right. that kind of, keep, keep grabbing me. Well, there are going to be a whole lot of days when we as followers of Jesus open the Bible. It doesn't grab us at all. Um, it, it's like, okay, um, I'm a little confused. I'm not really being met by this. not really speaking to me, but boy, that is not lost time. Every time we do that, we are sinking our roots deeper into this deeper reality. We're sinking our roots deeper into an understanding of God's intimacy towards us and his desire for a deeper relationship with him. We're sinking the roots deeper into a mindfulness that he is on the throne and I am his subject and my right life is rightly and appropriately lived for him, open to him for his sake, him transforming me by his spirit from the inside. Mm-hmm. So we just can't use the, the wow meter as the measure of whether or not that time in scripture has been worthwhile. It, and right. I, it's one of the reasons I love that Psalm. Yeah. It's such a rich Psalm. Yeah. It's more like uh, plowing a field, mm. hard work. Right. And, and sometimes, and sometimes the horizon doesn't seem like it's changing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and plowing a field always means an investment in something that's going to come a couple of seasons later. Um, right. When, uh, when this bears fruit and right. we're not used to that with the, I want it now kind of culture um, yeah, plowing now for the sake of fruit a few seasons down the road is, is well, I mean, we're eternal beings kind of makes sense to think that way as Christians. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, David, for joining me yes. today. Joy to be with you. It's been kind of a hop around conversation this time, but very fun as always. Thank you. As always. Yes. And thank you to our audience, whether you've joined us live on Facebook or later on our blog or on our podcast. We are glad that you spent a few minutes with us today, um, and we trust that God has ignited an interest in reading his word so we can love him and be transformed by him. Maybe so. May it be so.